Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today we will hear from Derek McIntyre as he leads us through God's Word to help us learn to refocus our will according to God's will by recognizing His authority in our lives. Thank you for joining with us today as we look towards understanding the purposes of God in our lives to evidence His rulership as the King above all kings. Well, good morning, everybody. Just going to pull up some notes here real fast. There. Well, happy Sunday, happy opening day eve for everybody. Uh, got some snow. That's always exciting for rifle season. Um, for those that are going hunting, good luck. Be safe. Have fun. For those that aren't going hunting tomorrow, have a nice Monday. <laughs> All right. Let me just make sure I know how to work this thing. Okay. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about authority in our lives, as Tom has already mentioned. Um, the topic of this will be, whose will be done? Kind of got a little preview of it with the Lord's Prayer, but we'll talk about it nonetheless. There we go. Okay. So we'll start out just talking a little about hierarchies. So on the, on the screen here, you'll see... And for those that are listening, it's just a typical org chart. I believe I pulled this from a uh, public entity, a, a municipality, so that way I didn't get in trouble. But um, you can see everything kind of flows up to one head, to uh, one, one report there. So the, in this instance, it reports to the citizens. Uh, in our lives, we all have different examples of hierarchies that we work with as well. Not a flow chart, which are usually either oversimplified or overcomplicated, and I don't like them. We're talking about hierarchy. All right, so where do we see them? Most of us see them at work. I know some of us, not me, but some folks work for themselves, which is great. But at some point, most of us have worked for somebody. So that's those folks are in a position over us. They usually report to someone above them. They report to someone above them, usually ending in a president, board of directors, etc. Get the idea. Sports, see that as well. Oh, my wandering away. Whoopee! All right. <laughs> Sports, you'll see it with depth charts on the team itself. Uh, how about now? Yeah. Ah, there it is. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, so for those at home, we'll try to go over real quick. Work, you have supervisors, and they report up. It keeps going up to the top of the, of the chart, the, the head of the company, the head of the organization, whatever it may be. Uh, sports, you deal with either a depth chart, so that's your place on the team, whether you're below another individual, or then from there you go up to the coaching. You have the assistant coaches report to the head coach. The head coach may report to a general manager. The general manager may report to the president, and then they report ultimately to the owner of the team. At home, quick example here, we got a picture of me and the boys so last weekend, which was lovely, am I right? Uh, Mindy had a girls' day, so her, Fern, and Gail went shopping. So I had the boys for the day, so we went hiking. So we kind of like a little little boys' hike, which was a lot of fun. And you see Herb, our oldest, there is on the right in the picture. And I can only think of one instance, but I'm thinking a little bit about hierarchies at home. So the hierarchy for nourishment or nurturing would not be me. That would be Mindy. I'm more of the, 
don't know, grumpy dad, I guess. But <laughs> so one one time when her was three or four, uh, before we moved up here, I had about a forty minute commute one way to work, and I remember getting a call about halfway in, twenty minutes in the halfway into the trip home and Herb is being a stinker at home and he thinks it's funny not to listen to Ma and what do you think Ma told him? Wait until your dad gets home and I guess it didn't really phase him at the time, he just kept on doing whatever he was doing so I pull in the driveway and I see Herb kind of bopping around on the front porch and as soon as he sees me I see him, his eyes just Sprinted inside. <laughs> and I guess he ran inside, opened, swung open the door, he turned to Minnie and goes, Dad's home. I love him, but ah! And he ran and jumped behind the couch. <laughs> that's, uh, I, think, I think that's the only time it's ever happened. Usually we can work through stuff a little better. All right, so going to our reading today, well, the, the text we'll be studying. Does anyone have the, the page number handy? 1673. Okay, we'll give everyone a second here. I'm going to go through and just make two observations from it, and conveniently it'll be verses 12 and verses 13. And I know I have it underlined wrong, and I know I spelled it wrong too. So, being Philippians, sorry about that. But I'd already, quick word of acknowledgement Ryan's in the Bahamas, and he's putting this into the slides for me from the Bahamas. So, just, I want to acknowledge that, that while he's doing that, he's still putting this, this together as far as inserting it in. All right. So, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Okay, so we'll focus first on verse 12. Observation number one from the text is observation, or sorry, obedience is required. So going back to it, therefore, my beloved, as you have sometimes obeyed, always obeyed, yeah. And not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we get the idea here that the folks in Philippi are always doing the right thing. And they're not, not only that, but they're not just doing it when the boss is around. So they're not just doing it when Paul's there. They're not just doing it when someone else is there. They're doing it all the time. How many folks here know someone at work or somewhere else where the behavior when the boss is around doesn't necessarily match when the boss leaves? Right? Now, as Christians, have to make sure that that doesn't happen. So, on the screen there, I got a big old door basically saying what we do behind closed doors needs to match what we're doing in front of everyone else as well. So, our behavior outside of Sundays needs to match our behaviors here vice versa alright so going over to so going back we'll go back to the text real quick there so they're obeying Paul not only in my presence but now much more in my absence 
So they're obeying him. Well, where is Paul getting his you know, orders from, so to speak? So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. If we go back even to the very beginning of the book of Philippians, the very first verse, he states that he is a servant of Christ. So Paul is rolling up to the head of the church, which is Christ. That's where he's getting his orders from. And we're getting, his order, we're getting our orders from there as well. All right. We'll go to Christ's example. Luke 22, verses 39 through 42. He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. So even when our Savior was here with us on earth, in his most vulnerable time, he prayed and asked if there was another way for it to be done, while still acknowledging it doesn't matter what he wants, he's ultimately going to obey God. So that's the first example from Christ. Going to Matthew 28, 18-20, the Great Commission. And Jesus said to them, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So there you see it again. Uh, Verse 18 All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is pointing out, I am the head of the church, as we know from the later text as well. Going down to verse 20, and teaching them to (coughs) obey. We are to listen. And we are to follow his commandments. All right, moving on here. We're going to go back to the, the text again. We'll read through it again. One other thing regarding that, just with the fear and trembling portion of it, is we need to have that in the back of our mind um, because we are submissive. You know, think of anything you're doing, you know, wait until your dad gets home, you do something wrong. What would your dad think? Someone once told me, it's only later in life, would have been a good thing to think about a little bit earlier, but I'll share it with you, maybe you can share it with grandkids or kids. <laughs> Don't do something before you do something. Think about having to explain it to your favorite grandparent or your grandparents. So have that having that fear kind of over you of your behavior. We're gonna think of that as well with Christ and what He commanded us to do. All right, back to the text. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Not only my presence, but not much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. 
All right, observation number two. We are being worked in, not worked on. We are being worked in. In the background there is a picture of me getting scored on. Funny story. Um, for the longest time, there was only one YouTube clip of all my, I played hockey for 15 years. And uh, there was only one YouTube clip for the longest time. It's gone now too. But it was me missing on a poke check in a uh, penalty shot. So just humiliating, right? So, and then this one, I, of course I can find a picture, trying to find a picture of a glove. And it's another picture of me getting scored on, so. <laughs> it's very, very nice. For the longest time, my mom had a, had a picture in her office, and it was also me getting scored on. <laughs> she didn't know that. I, I pointed out, I'm like, I actually got scored on in that picture. And she's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. Life is not always fair. What's that? Life is not always fair. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I used to always tell totally, yeah, completely unrelated. I used to always tell kids that, uh, I'm like, you know how many times I got scored on in my life? I'm like, a lot. <laughs> like so you gotta know well it's a good message too dust off and keep on going but anyways so we were being worked in so one of the coolest things growing up being a goalie was new glove day so that's you know whatever that's the coolest part of your equipment blockers are boring it's like a board strapped to your hand pads are fun pads are cool too but uh, the new glove day was always the best day growing up so get home from school visiting friends, whatever I was doing. Rip open the box, bust out the new glove. Shiny, bright, new. Awesome. But was that glove ready yet for what its purpose is? No. So I would take the glove, I'd bend it, mash it, soak it in water. I heard some people putting shaving cream in it. I still don't really understand that one. But some folks did that, and... Stuff it under the mattress. I'd beat it with a baseball bat. Do all sorts of stuff. May have even slept with it in my hand in bed. <laughs> May have done that until I was in my 20s. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. So similar to that glove, and similar going back to the text, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So when we come to Christ, we're kind of like that new glove, right? We're always kind of like that new glove. We're getting worked on, we're getting shaped to serve our purpose. And I have here, it isn't us, it's him. Got another picture there of an old beat-up baseball glove. How hard is it to give up an old glove that you like? Right? It's perfect. It's doing just like it's supposed, just what it's supposed to do. I used, I had one baseball glove. I used it forever just because I didn't want to break it anymore. The ball was like the size of the pocket. It almost didn't even work. But again, digressing. So, like, like that glove, break-in's required. Our view of what that break-in may be is different than God's view. So... Say you have you have big plans, right? Well, all of a sudden you come down with a medical condition. I tweaked my back again a couple months ago. Well, that's not really what I had in mind, right? But 
greater scheme of things, God may be working in me for something else. Somehow maybe that'll put me in contact with someone. Maybe that'll, you know, bring me down a peg, remind me who I am, right? The day-to-day, was thinking about it, um, be driving a lot, everyone's driving a lot. You're on your way somewhere, you get a flat tire, you stop or see someone with a flat tire. You're supposed to be going somewhere else. You get the flat tire, you see someone with a flat tire, you stop and help. It's an opportunity, right? So we need to remember that there's conflicting views and at a joke, Herb actually had notes in here earlier. He saw I'd written down Burger King is to blame and he started laughing. He's like, what? I was was joking around, have it your way, right? So I'll explain it to him a little bit better later, but he's like, why is Burger King to blame? I'm like, I'll get to it. But yeah, so we're, we're, we're so much in a society now and where it's, it's our way, right? And when things happen, it's why is me? I can't believe this happened. We need to view it from God's perspective and understand that he's working in us for whatever reason that happened. And, you know, it's, it's about him. It's not about us. Going over to Galatians 2.20. We read it earlier. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So again, that illustration that he no longer lives, but it's Christ in him. He's that empty glove that's being worked on, right? He is, he is the vessel for, for God. He lives it in the body, but the faith of the Son of God you know, is in him and is working in his life. Going to Christ's example of this as well, he gave us, go to John 14, verses 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So looking at verse 15, we're rewinding a little bit there, but if you love me, keep my commands. Going back to us obeying and following what Jesus teaches us, reading the scriptures and, and understanding what it really means. Going down to 17, receiving the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. All right. Just to wrap it up here for application for us, our actions should be representative of our role. We are not the ones that are ultimately in charge. We are submissive to Christ. We are submissive to his teachings. Every day there's choices that we make that conflict with what the world thinks we should do versus what Christ says we should do. And our actions seem to be representative of of our role. 
we need to understand that it's a continual process. So as I pointed out earlier, just like that glove, going back to that, once that glove's broken in and I'm using it, after games, it gets wet and it gets crusty and it's stiff, right? And if anyone knows hockey here, it smells terrible. Not to the guy that uses it, but to everyone else, it smells bad. So that glove almost has to be broken in before every game. Every practice, you gotta, you got to wear it back in again. And we're the same way. We're never a finished product. We're always going to keep being worked in. Again, not being worked on, but we're going to continue to be worked in. The third, we touched on a little bit earlier as well, is fear is a good thing. As a reminder that God is the one who is in charge. When you're reporting to someone, someone's your supervisor, you want to do a good job because ultimately your work's being reviewed and you have to give an account for what you've done, right? In our day-to-day lives, it's good to, fear is a good reminder as God is the one who is in charge and he's overseeing us. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter what our will is, but what matters is that his will be done. Thank you.